Leia, what are you doing? Leia, stop that. You know what that does to me. I call Do not pass me by. I'm crying. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. I'm Lamont, and I enjoy going to church most Saturdays. And I'm Leia. I'd rather go to the beach on Saturday. <laughs> And, and you're, you're tuning, tuning into the Lamont and Leia podcast. <laughs> Are you excited, Leia? I am excited for today's episode. <laughs> Me too. We have a number of people coming on today. So it's going to be my cousin, Kayla Wilson. My One of my dearest friends, Christine Chadwick, pastor Christine Chadwick. Um, and then one of your friends. Yes, one of my friends, Lindsay. And of course, everyone's ats, if they have them, will be linked down below so you can check them out. Um, I think a few of our friends have businesses, so we'll include those too. We're going to talk about growing up Adventist. Um, this is hopefully going to be a fun conversation. If you don't know much about Adventist, maybe you can learn some things about Adventist. We definitely have opinions. We're not children anymore. We're not going to be quiet. We're not going to be silent. We're going to share fun <laughs> memories, um, maybe things that weren't so fun, and just have like an honest conversation. So we have a bunch of different people joining us, as Lamont mentioned, and everyone kind of has like varying opinions on Adventism. So I'm hoping this will be like a more roundabout conversation rather than just a for or against situation. Uh, before we get started, I'm just going to go over the rules with you guys real quick, and then we'll jump into the questions. Uh, so this is going to be panel style. Lamont and I will be asking all the questions and each panelist, very fancy, uh, will have time to answer their questions very briefly and then they'll have a moment before we move on to the next question to give any, you know, retorts or follow-up things. And yeah, I think that's it. Should we get started? Yeah, let's get started. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome. We are so glad to have you guys on the Lamont and Leia podcast today. Um, we have Christine Wallington. Which, Christine, your last name is going to change soon, right? It is. I'll be Christine Pitts. <laughs> so that's great. We have Kayla Wilson, my dearest cousin. And we have Lindsay, oh my gosh, is it Valenzuela? Did I say it right? All right, cool. All right. And of course, you know, you have your beautiful co-host here with me, Miss Leia Kalani Nakaahiki. So um, we are going to talk about growing up Adventist. I hope you guys enjoy. So everyone is aware of the rules and let's get started. Let's go around and introduce yourselves. Please share with us however much you're comfortable sharing. Um, how long have you been or were you Adventist? Which church you were a part of? If you're currently in Adventist, no longer Adventist, or somewhere in between. And of course your name and stuff too. 
And so we'll start with Christine. I'm Christine Wallington, soon to be Pitt. <laughs> I am actually a pastor in Seventh Day Adventist Church at Costa Mesa. So I'm currently still in the church and I grew up Adventist. I grew up going to Lost University Church, Corona Church, and got to do some leadership and see it from that perspective. And then I went to Lost Academy growing up as well. So definitely in it for better or for worse, sometimes worse, sometimes better, but in it. <laughs> All right. I'm a mom of two and uh, I was raised SDA. Um, I haven't been to church in quite some time. I feel like I'm maybe an in-betweener and um, yeah, I'm a stay-at-home mom. That's what I do. <laughs> so I was born into the Adventist religion. Um, so that's how long I've been a part of it. Um, I grew up going to Marina Valley Seventh Day Adventist Church, but then in my teen years, I started bouncing to La Sierra, Corona. Um, yeah, so that's cool. I feel like I'm an Adventist, but not really. I just feel spiritual, but like my community is Adventism. So like, do you still call yourself an Adventist when you don't practice all the stuff? Or I don't know. Well, we can figure that out. We can unpack that today. And then, um, yeah. Is that, was that all the questions? Yeah, that's all that was. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm Leia. <laughs> uh, I think we, I was introduced to Adventism when I was about nine and I would have considered myself Adventist until about maybe like 2021. Um, so I'm no longer Adventist. Um, and I also went to Myrna Valley Church with Lamont. Okay, my name is Lindsay. Um, I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, to be specific, the Loma Linda University Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, I was pretty deep in there until about PUC time. So I was like 20, 21. And I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. They don't like the gays. So I was like, bye. Um, I still went to La Melinda to complete my um, physical therapy assisting degree, finished my bachelor's at La Melinda last year. And I'm now I'm in my master's at La Melinda. So I'm still there kind of connected to it. My parents are still in it, but I, I guess if you want to slap a label on me, I'm agnostic. Alrighty, thank you everyone for sharing. Yeah, so I just wanted to say, Lindsay, we don't want to slap a label on you. We want you to be comfortable calling yourself whatever you want to be called. Um, I did want to like talk about, I'm actually still involved very much at La Sierra University. I go to um, the, wow, I can't even think of the Sabbath school. <laughs> I go to, <laughs> I go to Kinship Sabbath school um it is a safe place for gay people and allies and then i um am attending the university trying to earn my master's as well in counseling psychology so one more year one more year <laughs> all right so what was the worst part growing up Adventist? that is the next question um i would have to say the limitations and the not limitations on lifestyle as much as limitations on ideologies and this fear of exploring other, whatever that is. And I have had to go through 
my own journey of washing out this belief system that people are quote unquote bad based off of where they are, be it in a club, be it in a bar, be it wherever, and not have certain fears attached to personhood based off of where you meet them or where you see them. And so seeing a whole person as a whole person and not good or bad or Adventist or non Adventist and not dividing humans that way, like that's taken a bit to wash out of my, not, not my, out of my mindset, but out of just my feeling base. I think that there's certain indoctrinations that happen that don't make sense, but you just feel it. You're like, oh, okay, that person's not Adventist. You can just feel the room get tense. And it's like, why is that? They're still a wonderful human being. Why does it have to be a label that changes the way we, we all feel? And I'm such an empath, so I feel things far too deeply. And so even though all of us would say, oh yeah, we love this person regardless, or we love this person even so, and oh, that's so wonderful, they're back. You would feel this sense of like, oh, there's a sense of fear or a sense of needing to help or a sense of needing to protect or a sense of needing to distance. And all of those feelings just were needing to be washed out when it came to how to relate to people as I got older. Awesome. Very nice. That's that's a nice sentiment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing. All right, Kayla? Okay. Um, so I'd say the worst part was like the restrictions, especially when it comes to your own body. So um, I was very involved for a long time, but I knew that if I wanted to be up at the pulpit, like beating song, beating song service or something, I had to wear a sweater. I had to make sure my, I had closed toed shoes. And it was just, it, I felt like it was ridiculous. And it, there were so many extra restrictions on, on the women. And it was like to protect the men. And I felt like that was so unfair. Um, that and just the, okay. I know a lot of people say that people who go to church can be fake sometimes. And, you know, that's not why you go to church. But then at the same time, they say, the church isn't the building, it's the people. So how do you really separate that? And I think that's, that's what I always had a problem with. Yeah, yeah, I get that. All right, so for me, I guess, um, along the same lines, the, the judgment, the underlying judgments, or the fear of the different or the unknown, or being limited in doing ministry. I remember my grandma saying like, what you look on, you become changed. And I was like, well, what if they're looking upon me and um, they get changed because of that? And like, well, most likely you'll be the one that's changed, so you shouldn't do that. And I was just like, wow. Like, and I was like, Jesus, like, he didn't limit himself to just the righteous. He he went for the unredeemable people and he, he gathered them and loved them and changed them. So I was like, we, say we're followers of Christ, but the older generation, I felt like they had kind of blinders on, on what that kind of looked like or how that could even be conceptualized. And so I think that was the hardest part for me. Everyone so far kind of covered what I was going to say. I would just tack onto that, like, um, at least for the people I was involved with, um, being told that I should feel guilty or shameful for pretty much everything we just talked about or things I liked or enjoyed doing um even if they weren't necessarily like anything harmful or bad you know just being a kid <laughs> being a teenager told that oh you shouldn't do that that's bad I'm like well why I'm 14 I want to have some fun 
just want to play games or go outside, hang out with my friends. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, all of what everyone shared is definitely up there on my list as well. I just want to uh, acknowledge that. But I think the worst part for me is not not knowing what I was missing, not knowing that I was walking around life with this huge wool blanket in front of my face. And when I finally realized that, like in college, oh my gosh, my world just like exploded. Okay. So I think the worst part looking back was that I missed a lot. I didn't know a lot. I was not worldly like I thought I was. Um, so yeah, that's the worst part, just being in the dark. I, I felt the same way. And yeah, when that wool comes off, it's like, why did you, why did you do this to me? I could have been so much more ready for the world. I could have been so much more prepared. I was so naive. I had no idea what I was doing out there. And I needed that help. So Leia, what I'm hearing is um, there's some pain towards being limited with so many rules of growing up a certain way that we all had to like face and overcome. Yeah, definitely like when you get out into the real world. Um, and I feel like this is a shared experience amongst a lot of different, you know, religions. Like when you actually go to college or go get your first job or something, you're like, whoa, like what is going on? Um, I know my sister just got her first real job and she comes home with all these stories. She's like, oh, did you know that on Cinco de Mayo, someone brought tequila? <laughs> it was really cute, though. Like, it was adorable. She goes, and they took shots at lunch. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally because, like, we're like a lot of us aren't experienced in that. Unless we have family members that drink on occasion, like, which I was not exposed to. Um, that's just like, whoa, like... Who does that, right? <laughs> Especially if you're like sheltered. Yeah. So I totally get it. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. So we talked about like the worst parts, but you know, there's always some good parts. Um, so what were like some of the best parts of growing at Venice, like experience or something? And I'm pretty sure we're all gonna find similarities again. I would have to say the best parts is the community, the tie that is intrinsic in our culture for better or for worse, there's this culture that we create as Adventists, which tie the community closer together with other churches. Like I would not have met Mama if it wasn't for Adventist schools, which again, create this community feel, let alone Pathfinders and growing up in Pathfinders. Again, some horrible things, but some amazing, beautiful things. So I, I don't regret or don't feel like I missed out on having that community feel and meeting so many that I know have different faiths or different traditions or different situations. They always felt like they were alone in certain community questions. And I feel like that those, a lot of them were answered from growing up Adventist deep in a community that was willing to share some of those experiences together. And so I did like that community aspect. I think the best part, the best part for me was also um, the community, the kids that I got to hang out around. They were a lot nicer than the public school kids that I, <laughs> that I had to interact with. Um, and I really, I, I think that's about it, except for maybe, you know, overcoming like a stage fright or something, being a leading service or something like that. <laughs> yeah. 
for me, um, I was involved in so much. So the community, right? But then also being involved in church and stuff. Like, I was always working on becoming a leader. I became a Sabbath school leader, I think, at the age of, like, 12. Um, teaching kindergarten and then moving up to primary, then juniors, then youth. Um, Pathfinders, being able to drill and march and then lead a team um singing christine and i started a singing group in high school um and just singing for our church and singing for the lord and being in those moments um and really feeling them and really believing what we were saying and doing um and then just trying to be like the best example for like school communities like i was picked on a lot for being different and we all know what my difference is i'm pansexual <laughs> but um like trying to like live a good life and a good example and then people eventually learning and saying hey you know what i'm sorry i was immature i was stupid um and stuff so yeah very good very good memories uh, as nerdy as it sounds, my favorite part was Pathfinders. <laughs> um, just something about, like, striving towards all the patches. Perfect. <laughs> um, for those that don't know what Pathfinders is, who may be watching or listening, it's kind of like a Girl Scouts, Boy Scout sort of situation, but based in Seventh-day Adventism. Uh, so, yeah, my favorite part, heading towards those patches. I like to collect as many as I can. And if I'm being honest, I still kind of work on them on the side sometimes. <laughs> Just to add to my collection. <laughs> I have quite a few right now, actually. Um, and then my second favorite part uh, were haystacks, potlucks in general, the food, some churches. Oh, I got so fat, man. <laughs> so yeah, haystacks, for sure. That was the best part. No. Um, I, th I think I am really appreciative now that I learned about the health message, you know, about the exercise, eating well. I met so many people who don't do that, like had no idea about it and are just now figuring it out, but they're already at the point where their bodies have like taken a huge hit. So I'm actually really happy that I learned that early on and I'm able to apply it in my schooling now and what I'm teaching my patients even on how to eat, how to just exist in life so that you can set yourself up for the best possible you know, uh, quality of life. So, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, the health stuff. There's a lot of things that I learned that I'd like tell my friends or even tell certain adult nurses that I know. <laughs> Haystacks are a, it's, it's like a nachos, but without nachos. So like, sometimes people might add nacho cheese, but that's not common. Um, so you would start with the chips, you would lay your beans, and then different things. Like, what are some of the things that you guys would put on your haystacks? So chips, beans, and then what? I feel like normal people call these taco salads, right? That's what I've learned in my adult life. They call them taco salads. So yeah, lettuce, pretty much. cheese, wok, I don't know. Just... Jalapenos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tomatoes, olives. Mm-hmm. So we're all speaking on kind of food right now. Um, can anyone or can we all speak to the food laws that we are familiar with or we know? 
for Adventism? What I know about the food laws? How much do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> like, Christy's like, I can tell you everything. I'm a pastor. Well, I, okay. I don't know how much. So I grew up eating chicken and turkey and it not really being a thing in life. So I grew up kind of midstream to progressive, I guess you could say, if you want to slap a label. But it was, it was uncommon for me to be like, we have to be vegetarian. It was veganism and vegetarian was like, oh, that's nice. Good job. That's not me. So I grew up with <laughs> very like meat, chicken and turkey. We didn't do bacon. I remember one time we were at some place I had gotten bacon on accident on something. And my grandma was like, I am 90 years old. I should try this stuff. I've never tried it. And so she took a bite and she's like, I'm not missing out. I don't like it. <laughs> was like a, it wasn't like it was taboo. It was just, we, I didn't have a taste for it. We had triples. So I was like, yeah, same thing. So I- And you I, thought that was real bacon, right? The, the triples? No, no. Bacon. I grew up thinking that was real bacon. <laughs> I think my son is growing up thinking it's real bacon because we just call it bacon even though it's triples because meat scares me. Cooking meat at home really just scares me because I, I, we didn't cook at home meat. We just would eat it. Yeah. The frozen food, hungry men dish. But yeah. <laughs> no, bacon bits are not really bacon. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, the food laws, I, I think that they're healthy eating. I, I did not know was a treasured like ethic and way of seeing life like what you guys were saying is that there's this health message that we've just had ingrained in us and so as we can become adults and like oh really like oh you're supposed to balance your food intake oh you can't just eat chips all day things like this i was just like yeah didn't, that's isn't that normal knowledge isn't that <laughs> so it yeah so food i wouldn't say that we were the healthiest growing up but i do i can say and this is one story i'll, I'll shut up but when i came to costa mesa where I'm at now, it it was a bit of a culture shock to come to potluck and have this huge chicken in the middle of the table and to have Subway sandwich fixings that someone had picked up that morning just spread out with everything from turkey to pepperoni to all of it. And I just was like, no one's exploding. Okay. <laughs> and then go to the next Sabbath and have the Japanese potluck and they had shrimp and every kind of seafood and I'm just like no one's mad okay I like this church so I am spoiled in my growing up where I haven't felt like I was restricted in my eating if I chose to eat whatever I want to eat it wouldn't blow anybody up so <laughs> yeah wow that's that's a treasure yeah that's different from what I heard <laughs> everywhere else <laughs> um so for us we were raised uh raised vegetarian and um Except, well, we would eat fish, so I guess it was technically pescatarian. Um, and we were told that if you were eat eating pork, you weren't really a SDA. <laughs> that, yeah. Pork is the evil meat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I, I kind of started to realize, okay, but it's not actually a sin to eat it, right? And... Um, kind of evolved from there and I definitely eat bacon now and I enjoy it. <laughs> Whoa, that just blew my mind, Eve. <laughs> You're right though. When did it say it was a sin? Oh my god. Yeah, Leia, so crisis right now. <laughs> no, yeah, Leia. So like it says we shouldn't eat these things and there's reason we shouldn't eat these things, right? Um because it can affect us um our in our health. 
at the same time, moderation. Um, but it's not a sin, and you're not going to hell because you choose to eat bacon or shrimp or whatever. For me, myself, I still am very, like, I still follow the, the, the guidelines of what to eat and what not to eat. So you won't catch me eating shrimp. You won't catch me um, eating bacon um, or pepperoni. You won't catch me eating any kind of, like, crab or anything like that. Um, I do drink caffeine, which is not an Adventist thing. Ca- Adventists are not supposed to drink caffeine. But hey, you know what? I'll go to Starbucks and get a green tea. Or I will get a um, Frappuccino or whatever. Like, hey, I'll drink a Pepsi if I feel like it. <laughs> um, so, like, that, that's not too bad. But also, did you know that we're really not supposed to drink sodas? But I didn't realize that was an Adventist thing. I kind of picked that up from a video somewhere. I was like, I could be drinking soda all the time. So, I I don't know where that came from. Pine Springs Ranch. (laughs) Oh, that's right. There is no soda at Pine Springs Ranch. You're right. Yo, you guys just blew my mind. I'm going to have to rethink everything later. Um, I was vegetarian for a few years. uh, Mostly, like, it wasn't even because of church. Like, our church was, it, like, started out pretty, like, yeah, you have to be vegetarian, only vegetarian. Um, but I became a vegetarian because I wanted to be like my two friends that were super healthy and fit and played soccer. And I was like, okay, they're vegetarian. I'm not. This has got to be the key. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> uh, I only stopped being vegetarian. I like, I enjoy eating like that still. Um, but I stopped because of where I live. It is not affordable to be health a healthy vegetarian. You can be like a junk food vegetarian easy peasy but um yeah so I think that was the biggest reason why and then also I've been getting really into my culture lately and my culture is really based on um, a lot of fish and different like meats and stuff um so I'm dabbling but those uh Adventist rules are still in the back of my head but y'all just blew my mind so I'm gonna have to go do some soul searching after this um (laughs) But uh, for those who are not Adventist, I think everyone kind of like covered some of them. But in, where is it in the Bible? Leviticus 11, right? Um, There are a bunch of food rules and the Seventh-day Adventists uh, believe in those food rules. So if you want to check those out, I will link that chapter of the La Biblia in the description so you can check it out. Okay, I think my situation was similar to Christine. Um, I didn't grow up vegetarian, but um, we did the chicken, turkey, fish. Um, I grew up just with those, like very, oh, and beef, I think, just with those. So as I've gotten older and people are like, oh, let's go eat lobster. I'm like, oh, low-key scared because like I've never tried it before and like, what if I die? Cause I have food allergies for everything else. So like, if I do try it, I'm definitely gonna be by a hospital. It hasn't happened yet though. So, you know, not really brave. Um, I think I did try pork once and I was like, oh, this is good. But I'm like, mm, I'm not missing it though. Like I don't need to make it a part of my routine. So um, currently I'm trying to do more of a plant-based type of thing just cause cancer runs in my family. And I'm like, you know, pushing 30. So I'm like, I don't, I, I just want to keep healthy for as long as I can. Um, 
I definitely have a drink of alcohol though. <laughs> um, sometimes that was definitely a no-no growing up. After I discovered that I wouldn't like die and become an addict with my first drink, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna chill out and just have like a glass of wine here and there. Like it's fine. But yeah, that's 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 it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Also, no alcohol in Adventism. I think. Yeah, for the most part. Um, yeah, for sure. It was always weird to me when I would go over to my other like Christian friends' houses and like their parents would have like a beer or wine. I'm like, wait, aren't you Christian? They're like, yeah. So, I'm like, oh yeah, forgot. <laughs> Different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I I I don't drink alcohol either. I I stay away from it. But also, not because I haven't tried it. I tried it. It's just. Lamont. I'd sip here and there. I'm joking. I'd sip here and there. And it's just gross. Like, to me, like, alcohol's gross. There's... Why? Why? And then I seen, like... I'm a vicarious learner. I don't want to be the person that's like, F this grossness. I'm going to have fun. Woo! And then I'm over a toilet barfing my guts up. Like, why did I do this? I'm never going to do this again. And then I'm at it the next night. I'm like, I, I don't... I don't see the appeal... But no, no judgment to anyone else who does. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. That's 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 not the life for me. <laughs> I can't really. Like being, I like being a double D, the designated driver, and just <laughs> watch everyone else. So I can remember the stories. <laughs> Clean up the mess. <laughs> I've also tried a sip, and it was disgusting, and I couldn't. And then I also had laughing gas when I got my wisdom teeth pulled, and I blacked out. And they gave me a child dose. So I was like, I don't think I would survive a full cup. <laughs> I think I would throw up after a few sips. But yeah. <laughs> I really feel that like Adventism is not very well known. But if you mention it to, you know, a common stranger that you're having a conversation with, they seem to like know like one or two different things. Uh, so what do you guys find is the most common thing? Thing that people think about Adventism, whether it's true or not. I think that most know about Loma Linda, and so the health message, that's what I've heard is a good portion, like, oh yeah, Loma Linda. And so they'll say like, oh yeah, you guys don't eat meat, right? Things like that. So those are the, usually the first two is either Loma Linda, or, oh yeah, you guys don't eat meat. Everything else is pretty much like, they, the rest of the really is like, oh, are you Mormon? Is that, is that, Latter-day Saints? Is that? <laughs> so most of it is just whatever Loma Linda puts out there than us vegetarians. So when we're not vegetarian and Adventists, they get real confused. But yeah. <laughs> um, I've had someone ask me if it was a cult before, just because we seem so tight-knit and just to ourselves. And um, another person, I went to a friend's house once, and they found out I was SDA. And they were like, oh, my grandparents are SDA. I thought only old people did that. <laughs> I was like, no, they, they don't. <laughs> Not just old people. <laughs> but I think people, um, they really don't know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. So it just seems weird to them. Yeah. I think actually Seventh-day Adventism was considered a cult at one point. I forget what year it was officially considered a um belief system or what is it denomination of christianity but i think i studied that in um in high school because i thought it was fascinating i was like oh we're a cult are we 
Yeah, so the cult thing is most common. Like, are you guys a cult? Um, the other thing is, like, don't you guys worship on a different day? Like, yeah, we do. We worship on Saturday. And then the other thing is, like, the meat. Like, you guys don't eat meat, right? Like, yeah, no. Um, some of us do, but um, a lot of us don't. And it, it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. I feel like I always get the question, so are you Jewish? <laughs> like, all the time. So you guys are Jewish. I'm like, nope, not Jewish. <laughs> Like, yeah, but you go on Saturday, you don't eat pork, so you're Jewish. I'm like, nope, sorry. <laughs> I tell them we're cousins to the Jews. We're cousins? That's a good one. <laughs> like, yeah, like, we're similar. Like, we're Christians, and but, like, we do a lot of things Jews do. So, like, they can be our homies or our cousins. Like, I, <laughs> I feel like now that I've met a lot of people outside of the SDA community, most people have no clue what I'm talking about. They say <laughs> seventh what? Seventism? <laughs> um, the ones that do know about it know about Loma Linda. It's pretty much it because they receive healthcare there. <laughs> or they have uh, someone that goes to school there. Um, but pretty much no one knows what, what it's about. Which reminds me that it's such a small, small circle of Adventism. We did talk about going to Adventist schools. Not all of us, I think, went to Adventist schools, but let's go ahead and share our experiences, um, if you did. And if so, explain what Adventist school is like. Maybe how it might be different from public school if you did both, maybe? Um, yes, I went to last year Academy from K through fourth, and fifth and sixth, I was in Colette Public School, and then um, seventh, eighth. I was back at Luster Academy and I did three months at Luster High. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. That was such a great transition need for me. And then I went back to Luster Academy for the rest of my high school. So I, I tell people when it comes to an experience that I've had with Seventh-day Adventist schooling, it's a very small community. So you get, especially when you grow up in it, you get those limitations that can come with a small community as you become closer to adulthood. Because especially in your junior high age, high school age, you start to create who you are in a more solidified way and everyone knows you. So they're like, oh yeah, I remember this thing that you did back in kindergarten. And to some extent still hold it against you. So there is this sense of you cannot step out and be who you are and introduce yourself to somebody because they assume that they know you already. And so I suffered in my in seventh and eighth grade with that mentality around me where people just assumed they knew who I was. And when I was trying to figure out my identity and who I was, my mom luckily was aware enough to say, okay, she's going through a certain amount of depression and a certain amount of anxiety. I need to get her to a different space. So she took me out and put me at Lost Year High for three months, I got to go there. And it was short only because the school themselves were like, you're out of the district, even though we live right next door and the way the lines cut. So they got so mad, people came knocking on our door. It was a whole thing. So she was just fed up with the system for public school. And she was like, just go put you back in a private school. They can't tell them what to do. <laughs> so for those three months though, I got to see that the world is a bigger place. And it was amazing to have like a thousand plus people around you at school instead of like, you know, two, 300. So it was just, 
a great experience for me to go able and introduce myself to somebody and say, hi, I'm Christine, and then not know who I was. Like, I loved that so much. And so to do that and to be able to talk about my faith with people who have never heard of Adventism, I had never had that experience before. I got to do that as a teacher when I was at detention. <laughs> so fun things like that, that were just experiences that I know I needed to have. So I loved that Adventist schools had such a great community that connected everybody, but I, treasured being able to go to a public school and see that the world is not just the small little community of Adventism. So uh, comparing it to public school, um, it was kind of the same. It was the same in a lot of ways because um, it's still kind of clicky. You know, there's still the groups on their own. They all kind of do their own thing. But then there was also like an extra layer of judgment there because it was like, how good of an SDA are you? Like, and at public school, no one cared. No one cared what your religion was. No one cared if you were following it right. And um, I think I kind of took that for granted when I was in public school. And yeah, so when I went to La Sierra, it was very different, but kind of the same. For me, the public school kids were just as mean as the Adventist kids. I got picked on for being different because I was different because children who grow up in judgmental families see difference as a weakness. So um, Adventists can be some of the most judgmental people. They are not immune. Um, It takes a special heart to like, learn to put aside your judgment, which I found immediately in Christine. Um, I remember like Christine just looking at me in the lockers one day and I was like, hi. And she was like, hi. And we, uh, like I knew from then, I was like, we're friends. (laughs) Do you remember that day, Christine? (laughs) Um, I don't remember that day, but I remember being like, he's mine. (laughs) We always talked to each other like we were brother and sister. Like that was just an instant (laughs) connection. So, um, yeah, um, Adventist school was hard. I, I tried spending the first two years trying to get out of like high school there, like go to public school. Cause I, I wanted to disappear into like the crowd and not be noticed and not like stuff. I also wanted to experiment with goth. I think my mom knew that. So she really wanted me to be at Adventist school. After I couldn't, like after my un- not successful escape after sophomore year, I was like, might as well finish my last two years. It's only two years, right? Um, so I went to Valley Adventist Christian School, uh, second grade through eighth grade. And then I went on to Mesa Grande Academy, finished out my high school. And then I went to University of Hawaii, which is a public school. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed my high school and elementary days. Like, I thought they were so fun. Um, I liked that there wasn't a lot of kids. That was fine for me. I mean, I got picked on, but like, who cares? I had my good friends. Didn't matter to me. Um, I kind of liked being sheltered a little bit because I did have friends that went to public school and they would tell me like these horror stories. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no way. (laughs) That's no, 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 no. (laughs) Um, But I think by the time I went to college, I was like, okay, I think I a little more you know, mature, I can, I can go off into the world or whatever. Um, and I enjoyed going to, um, like public college. Like that was so much fun. Got to meet all these different people. 
Um, I think the high school I went to, we did have, you know, it was Seventh-day Adventist. So we did have like chapel and church and stuff and religion classes. But I would say that that high school did a decent job of allowing people to kind of like do some free thinking. Some, not all, some. Um, I think my biggest issue with at least my high school was the way they handled our, um, like there was, there were a few gay kids at my school and I did not appreciate how they handled it. Um, they did a little bit better than some of the other Adventist schools in the area, um, where they pretty much just told one student in particular, like, Hey, you can, you can be gay. That's fine. Um, you, if you have a boyfriend, he, you guys just cannot have any like PDA on campus. And I was like, well, I guess that's better than like, you need to leave our school. Like some of the other high schools I had heard of who asked the students to leave. Um, but I think that that was probably my biggest issue with them, but I enjoyed my time in Adventist school. I think I had, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I started, let's see, first grade through a few months of seventh grade at the Melinda Academy. Got bullied out of that place so fast. So then after that, I went to Redlands Adventist Academy. Fewer kids, not as much bullying. I actually got to participate in sports and student leadership, creating yearbooks. So I actually had a lot of opportunities um, at that school. I had a few friends that left to public school and I was always kind of wondering, I just, I think if I had a redo, I would definitely do the public school experience because like, why not? Um, I probably would have found more people like me anyway. Um, yeah, and then I kept going through college, like PUC, Loma Linda. So I've never experienced a public school. And I'm just now remember, like I'm thinking consciously that I've never had a class period without prayer in the beginning. Like that's a big thing. Like I've never experienced that. And I'm just now realizing that. So I don't know if I would notice or not notice. I definitely notice that they pray because like it makes me uncomfortable now. But like, I'm like, you do your thing. Just don't expect me to like add to your prayer requests or anything, you know? But yeah, that's, that's a weird thought that I'm having now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, school was rough for me. Uh, I developed anxiety at like age 12. So that was fun. I hated school. Still hate school. Just doing it because I know that I will uh, gain really important tools and networking and all that. So yeah. Yeah, I wasn't too impressed with Loma Linda Academy, honestly. Like either like I almost went there for high school and I'm so glad I didn't. Like Me too. Because glad you didn't few, too. Yeah, a few of the kids <laughs> I had met there were like what we call in Hawaii high maka maka. That's kinda like, you know, turn your nose up at people. And like I was the weird kid and I are I got bullied at my high school and I was like, I don't even want to know <laughs> what it would have been like at Loma Linda, so Sorry, Loma Linda, to put you on blast, but um, <laughs> you do something of... about it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Have you had any SE teachings that has influenced you positively or negatively? Let's talk about that. I, I appreciate our, um, I, I appreciate good fortune of our doctrines and our belief. Like, so teachings and doctrines completely different. Like, teachings is just like fun little ways people want to apply it. But for doctrines, I do appreciate some of our differences. Uh, Save the Dead, as much as that one is not 
something I go around talking about when it comes to someone, especially when they just had someone pass and they have their own belief system. I'm like, amen. But for my own thinking in my own head, I do appreciate that the death isn't seen as salvation. The death is seen as a sleep. So for my own, I'm only 32, but like the thinking of deathness <laughs> that I think we all start doing as we get older, <laughs> I have really just appreciated that it's a sleep versus it being a, a mode towards salvation. Um, so there's that. And then of course there's like our seeing Christ as personal. There's a lot of doctrine. I'm a pastor. So there's lots of fun things I could talk about, but as for, of course, the teachings, cause this is not a doctrine. It can apply to certain doctrines, but the teaching of being against the LGBTQ community is disgusting. And I've never been okay with it. Like I would be a okay with being fired for that. So there's a lot of, um, like in the, Church, the school community here that I get to minister at Orangewood Academy, as well as um, my church in Costa Mesa, I've had such a great experience in being able to create safe space for those who are gay because they're completely in every community. And so I like right now I'm just kind of waiting for there's a lesbian couple that moved up north, but they're still part of our church in some ways, like I still see myself as their pastor. And so I'm waiting for when they want to get married, if they ask me, <laughs> I'm like, I'm okay, let's do this. This will be my firing ticket if I get to fired. So like there's certain doctrines and certain things of the church that I speak against because they're toxic ways that we have interpreted the text. And there's certain doctrines that I can never, like belief systems that people have in our church that I can never get behind. But I am still in our community in the way that I am because I want to create spaces where I realize that I teach people there's nothing in the Bible that says we are allowed to hate, period, let alone hate a specific group of people, period, let alone treat and ignore and neglect and keep these people out who are loving, amazing human beings. So I have a lot of friends who are part of the LGBTQ community. I'm waiting for my flag and my little necklace to come in the mail. <laughs> We're trying to find ways that we can celebrate this month. So I'm, I'm excited to create and be more overt about some of the ways to reinterpret our toxic doctrines and belief systems on this. And there's enough of us and the colleagues I've talked to and other people I've been with where we're trying to find ways to help every generation have healthier conversation about this. So that's the one I hate in our church, let alone, of course, women in ministry and regional conferences, like these kinds of things we battle against. Yes. Yeah, I feel like Christine just preached like yeah. in the last minute. <laughs> Kayla, go. Ahead. I tried so hard not to, y'all. No, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> I was like, so um, over. Time, time. <laughs> um, I'd say a, po a big positive for me was the health message, and also um, just that that believe that you know we're all kind of the same um you don't have to hate someone because they're not sda even though i didn't really see that in practice as much um i somehow retained that and that's been that's been a good thing for me because it's been easier to just accept people and love people and um i'd say a negative part though would be kind of the the flip side of that, like learning to be judgmental in some ways. And like I had to break myself out of that. And um, I feel like that's not something a church should teach you. Um, and then I had to undo it. 
And uh, I think that was, that hurts, that hurts. Um, it also hurt that they were so, it felt like they were so against women. Um, it was like, I have to do so much extra to, to get my ticket into heaven. Um, and it was hard. It was really hard. I was very involved in the church. I did, uh, I taught Sabbath school. I led song service. I, you know, um, organized events and things. And the whole time I was doing it, it was just for the wrong reasons. It was because I thought I have to do this so that I can get to heaven. And um, sometimes I would have that deep feeling, that deep religious feeling, you know, of awe. And then sometimes I would step back and say, was I just caught up in the moment? Because I don't feel like I'm doing this for the right reason anyway. And I just felt so fake and I couldn't tell anyone. Kayla, thank you for being so raw, open, and vulnerable right now. That was just beautiful. Um, same, same. So I grew up with the message, God is love. And take people as you are. Did, was it practiced often? Did I see it practiced often? No, absolutely not. But it was such a powerful message for me. And I think because I knew I was different, that it had to be true for me. And I had to, like give other people that space, you know? And so I appreciate that, that God is love. Come as you are. We're going to love you completely. And if you know me, that's kind of how I live my life. Um, <clears throat> the hardest part was how they treated women. Um, not even that they hated LGBT people. Like, I, I guess I grew up, like, with a thick skin, like, okay, I'm, I'm hated, so what? But it was how they treated women and my thoughts on equality always. I think when our church decided they were not going to ordain women, I'm not sure if I called Christine or messaged Christine, but I was angry and I was crying and I was ready to walk away. And Christine was like, hey, I get it. You're allowed to have these feelings. It, it hurts. However, don't walk away. If you can, if you can, don't walk away. People, we still need you. We need people like you to have these conversations and to tell people, like, this is not okay um, and stuff. So, so, am I still Adventist? Well, we're going to answer that question a little bit, but I almost totally walked away. I was like, I'm done. Like, how could they? Like, they're supposed to be, like, the world leaders and they're stuck, you know? <laughs> like, so, yeah. That was the worst part for me is how, how, how we've been treating women in our religion. And then, like, how are you not going to... Sorry, one more one last, one last thing. How are you not going to ordain women when God himself ordained Ellen G. White? So we believe because she had visions. Like, come on. Come on. SDA Church. Okay, I'm done. One more. <laughs> um, for me, positives. I think we covered most of them health message, community, my high school experience is pretty decent. Um, I picked up a lot of life skills from Pathfinders doing all those honors. <laughs> um, and I feel that at least in our church, the girls were expected to grow up really fast. Um, so I think that kind of prepared me for having to take on responsibility as I got older. Um, the negatives, though far outweigh the positives in my opinion 
um, a lot of uh, guilt and shame over a lot of things, like I mentioned before, um, you know, just existing, <laughs> uh, especially towards women, like everyone has mentioned so far. Um, another one that I don't think a lot of people talk about is the erasure of different cultures um, because, I mean, at least in my family, we're Polynesian. There are different, like, rules and expectations for a Polynesian family, and those were thrown out the door as soon as, you know, we started being Seventh-day Adventist, um, which really bothered me growing up because I was like, well, why would we do that? That's, like, that's not Hawaiian. Like, why would it... And, like, and it got worse as I got older. My mom, like, would even get rid of some of the things we had around the house, like, decor and stuff from our culture or even just from like Hawaiian not Hawaiian culture but like Hawaiian island culture which is very different but um a lot of like Japanese Korean Portuguese influence um and yeah I've seen those things like being taken down around the house over the last few years and I would ask my mom why and she goes oh well we can't have that because of this doctrine or that doctrine supposedly and I was like where are you getting this from um, so it did make me feel pretty insecure about uh, my cult, like heritage and stuff. So, yeah, I think that was probably one of the bigger ones for me anyway. Okay. Seems like the theme is to start with the good things. So uh, other than the health message, I really appreciated the mission service slash mission learning, service learning. Um, I don't know if it was more my family got, who got me into it or, or um, mission trips at school or at church, but either way, I've been involved in mission service since I was a kid, and that has stuck with me because helping others is not something I think that should be solely religious-based, but just do it because you're a good person. Like People need help. Um, people want to fellowship with you and be a community with you. You can have your differences, but that's one thing that stuck with me because they're always about helping people, regardless of their actual motive. The point they said out loud that was written on paper was to help others to commune, be community with them. So I appreciated that. What I didn't appreciate, one, I didn't get to learn about my LGBT culture until I got to PUC and I was like, oh my gosh, the Castro, like, wow. San Francisco, wow, like yeah. my people are here. So like, I didn't get to learn about any of that till way later and like how cool would it have been to celebrate pride as like a fifth grader just to celebrate it, just to be happy, like rainbows and glitter. Who doesn't like all that, okay? So I don't, I hate that I didn't know about any of that. I hate that, I tell people I have three strikes against me, okay? I'm gay, I'm Hispanic and I'm a woman. Oh my gosh, I have to try so hard in this world to get to where I want to be. And I thought I felt that way even in the SDA culture. And I have tattoos. Gosh, shoot, that's four. <sighs> Three strikes already, I'm out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like Leah said, there's a lot more bad than good, in my opinion. And um, kind of, I think my parents kind of took our culture away from the home as well uh one that sticks out is um the day of the dead mm -hmm. they didn't celebrate that because seventh day Adventists believe that you're just asleep and i'm like but uh, but it's so like you're, you're so the the culture the tradition is to build 
an altar and put your family member's picture up there and you can put offerings if you'd want, like things that they would like or eat or whatever. Uh, you make it how you want. So I do a version of that now for myself, since, especially since my grandmother passed, I was really close to her. So I make a little altar. I may, I put um, flowers up there and her picture up there and a few of my other family members. And to me, it's like such a respectful thing. And like, why, why did you lose that? You know, like it's such a big part of who I am. I feel so whitewashed inside because they took away all of our culture and I've had to slowly adapt and get myself back into it because I appreciate it so much. So I don't know, I've created my own culture over time. That's amazing. I've had people come to church for the first time and they're just like, so what church is this? And I'm like, it's, it's an Adventist church. Like, no, 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 like what culture church is this? Oh, you look around, you tell me. Because we have Japanese ministries, we have Hispanic ministries, we have uh, Korean ministries now kind of starting up. We, so we, I love and want to treasure diversity in our church. And it just hurts that that's something that hasn't been. I feel like you're, you're kind of lucky that you got that. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> when I was little, we, we went to the Black church. And, you know, there was a different type of music. And then when we moved to another city, it, all they had was the white church. And that's when they started teaching me that, oh, no, your culture was wrong. You should not have had drums in the church. You should not have right, right. Um, electric guitars or anything like that. Like the style of music has to be straight from the hymn book. You have to sing it exactly like the hymn has it. Otherwise, you're, you're going to lead people down the wrong path. And uh, at that church, I won't say where it was, but at that church, I experienced a lot of uh, hate for my, for being black. Yeah. And um, one time, I'll just, I'll just say this. One time we had, a, we were trying to do something cultural because someone was going to Africa on a mission. And... They decided to put on this kind of African day, but they did not consult anyone who was black, mainly my family. And it was horrible. It was so embarrassing. And they dressed the children in blackface. I, I could not believe it. I was, I was disgusted. I was disgusted. And there was nothing I could say. Because if I said anything, then it was just me complaining because I was like me and my family were the only black people there and it was it was a horrible experience the first time I met that pastor if I could just add one more thing <laughs> I sat down pastor, to meet him is sorry is he still a pastor no still? no no okay good no um, the first time I met that pastor, I, me and my mom sat down just to meet him, catch up with him, you know, introduce ourselves. The first thing he said to me was, oh, you don't like the way God made you. And then he got up and left. And I was like, what? And I, I was like, what is he talking about? Right. And then my mom was like, oh, you have nail polish on. And that was it. That was it. Wow. <laughs> wow. I have recently learned that there has been a white voice presence that, and this was something I, again, I just recently learned by being able to connect more. Um, 
a Filipino pastor and Samoan pastor, they both were explaining that whenever a white pastor would come into a certain community and preach, whatever they said was taken as truth. And so like one of the pastors, I hope it's okay to say his name, JB, he's over here, we love um, Filipino. And he shared how they used to watch, he used to read Harry Potter. And sure enough, some white guy came in there and preached against Harry Potter. And he was like, all of a sudden, all of my books are being taken away from me because I couldn't have Harry Potter, which for you know years was fine. <laughs> my belief system was that if someone is in your community, like if a black pastor was to come and speak to a black church, that that would have so much more weight and power than someone who was a white person coming into that community because like you just don't know. But I was ignorant on that regard. And so they were saying like, a lot of them will come and ask me to preach in certain contexts. And I've only recently learned it was because they wanted me to say a message that they've been saying only for it to be heard in a way that had certain weight and yeah so which is sad disturbing and i'm curious i would love to do like an anthropological study just to figure out why that's the case but it's probably very much so tied to our religious roots thinking that adventism is aka white peopleness which is a little ironic to me because it was doing the anyway study i haven't done it but it'd be an interesting study yeah I feel like I've seen that because um, we would have every so often we have like little conference things at our church or what were they called the little camp meetings maybe no I don't know we would we would have a pastor and it would be a thing and we would have posters and people would crowd the church on Tuesday night or something and like every time we would have that there would be some major shifts in like how the church functioned and. 90% of the time it was a white pastor who came in so and I think a few of the pastors who made my mom feel weird about having like our cultural things around the homes were the white pastors too so that's very sad and interesting and concerning <laughs> we have one final question and we can wrap it up right Elena? yeah um so I, I do want to thank everyone for sharing the how the teachings have influenced you positive and negatively. We did get a little off track, but I, I do want to thank everyone for sharing those because I know sometimes it can be a little weird <laughs> to say some of the things that we said. Um, anyway, moving on. So for those who are currently still Adventist, why have you chosen to remain in the Adventist church? Um, for those who are no longer Adventist, why did you leave if you want to share? And for those who are in between, why do you want to stay and why do you want to go? I'm in the church um, for the most part want to stay because I see a lot of hope for change and I want to be part of that change. Granted, it means I have a very loose attachment to my label of Seventh-day Adventism. I have a very, I believe that we're not supposed to have a tight grip on our labels, especially when it comes to religion because our spirituality and our focus on Christ needs to be first and our income second. So, so I'm in the church, I stay in the church because I see a lot of hope and I see that community need. And I have not found, there are, there's some spots in our communities where people of such diverse backgrounds and purposes come together. But in all honesty, church community is where we see this, the most of this diversity and differences of opinion and differences of politics or sexuality or religious understanding come together. And if in that space where people are coming together for God, I can create spaces of us learning how to be better humans, then that's my goal and that's my purpose. 
Um, so for me, I have not been back to church in a long time. Um, and I'd say it's because it's because of people, because of people. I can worship God on my own with my family and that's my community, that's my church. Um, but if the church at large is the people, then I, I don't know if it's for me. I don't think it's for me. And why would I wanna stay? I'm kind of in between. I would want to stay and I'm trying to figure out why. And I'm, I'm like, is it just all my years of conditioning? Um, or is it actually something that is important to me? Um, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Kayla, I help you do figure it out because it, it's important. It's important. Um, I feel like I'm in between. Um, I felt like I've been in between a long time. And I think for the same reasons Christine's saying, like, we're not really supposed to have a tight label on, I am Adventist and this is what I do. So therefore this is what I am. Um, it should be about our spirituality. It should be about our relationship with Christ first and foremost, and all that secondary labelness second. So I love worshiping on Saturday. There's something that just feels right about Saturday. Um, maybe it is the conditioning. Um, and But I'm okay with that. Like right now in my life, I'm okay with that. If it is the conditioning. Um, because I, I really feel like it doesn't matter what day you worship, as long as you worship. And that's that's my truth, right? Um, as long as you have that time with God, as long as you put in that effort to have that relationship, um, whether it be Sunday or Saturday for you, for me, it's Saturday. Um, why do I want to stay? I, I do feel like there's hope. I do feel like there's hope. I do feel like out of all the religions that I have researched and trying to find my place, what calls to me, Adventist does call to me the most. And again, is it because of the conditioning or is it because the messages are real and we do have the potential to reach those messages? Um, just too many people get in the way of that, as Kayla was saying the people <laughs> so um that's where i am um i'm team christine so if christine ever needs like lamont like i need you to like come like do the spiritual thing with me i'll be like down christine we're gonna change the world let's change the world so um that's just kind of where i'm at um so call me adventist fine i'm not gonna be like no um, don't call me Adventist, fine. I am a child of God, and I kick it with the Adventist homies. <laughs> okay, um, for me, I am no longer Adventist. Very recently, actually, like maybe within the last two years. Um, mostly for me, it's because I have decided to try and get back into my cultural roots and stuff. And I'm noticing that a lot of the, like, teachings and stuff of the church seem to go in the opposite direction of the values that my culture has. Um, is that 100% true? I don't know. That's just what I'm noticing. Um, and I, I don't think there was any, like, one defining thing that happened or whatever. It just kind of one day I was just like, no, not for me. Um, a lot of the things I do value from the Seventh-day Adventist Church, I'm finding you can also find outside of it. 
like the community, like the health um, messages and um, there was one more. What was it? Oh, yeah. Like Lindsay said, like the missions and helping others. Like you don't have to be a part of the church to be a part of that. So the only thing I miss is Pathfinders because <laughs> I can't be a Pathfinder. <laughs> but I'm still doing the honors on the side. So I miss Pathfinder so much. So <laughs> much. <laughs> I'm not in the church. Don't plan to go back to the church. Um, for all the reasons I've stated in the last hour or two. <laughs> um, I think I really like to focus on spirituality because I still think that's an important part of, um, for me, it's an important part of that holistic human being type of thing, which has not left me. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to be a liaison between people who've been in my similar situation and feel trapped as a you know, a young gay person or a young, I don't know, what, whatever it is, if they feel trapped, I, help, I hope to kind of be a role model to them. And I guess you can do what you want in this life and um, make it meaningful to you, you know? So that's what I choose to focus on rather than church and religion and all that. Everyone seems to be saying like the same things, which coming from like different like viewpoints on Adventism as a whole, it kind of makes me feel a little better. Like, I didn't want to be like one of those people that goes around bashing someone's religion just because I had a bad experience and don't agree with it. Cause I see a lot of people doing that nowadays. And I was just like, yo, I respect like what you believe, like that's fine. And I do what I do. So I'm, it does make me feel a little better that there are some shared opinions amongst our different viewpoints. Thank you everyone for coming on today, for talking about this. I My favorite moments were like the real honest and vulnerable moments. There was a moment where Christine was just like preaching without even meaning to preach. There was a moment that Kayla just opened up and it was so beautiful. Thank you guys for talking to us about growing up Adventist. Again guys, growing up is hard. And nothing is 100% easy, but there are good things, there are bad things, and those things help us grow and flourish. As we get to close up, um, same order, um, tell us where we can connect with you. If someone wants to connect with you, the best way to reach you. Um, uh, yeah, let's do that. Best way to reach you guys. Let's do that, and then I'll do a couple more things. Uh, Instagram and Facebook, I guess? Or otherwise www.costabasasda.org <laughs> but yeah uh, instagram christine wallington facebook christine wallington which i probably should change that too but yes you can find me on there uh you can find me on facebook that's pretty much all i use <laughs> just kayla wilson i'm mostly on instagram also on facebook i will give you guys my email that you can drop in your what description box about i don't know you can drop my email down in there if people want more info questions whatever and then you also have two side businesses right can i go put those in there too you can plug those in too all right <laughs> oh tell us a little bit about your businesses listen it's a little bit slow because the master's program and i work full-time so you know but on the side i like to do arts and crafts um i work with the cricket i like to tell people that i'm like martha stewart just without the uh, jail time um I also do photography on the side, just 
here and there. Um, amateur at best, but like I enjoy it. So I have two separate pages for those things. <laughs> All right. And we'll link, we'll link both those pages so you guys can check them out. Um, speaking of which, is there any big project or any project that you want to share that you guys are working on that you want to share with us and our listeners and viewers? And then lastly, um, I've been doing this and I, I think it's so special. Is there any final message that you just want to share with the people who are going to tune into this? Uh, I would like to make sure that all my SDA family and friends know that I love them very much. I don't hold SDA against them. <laughs> And um, it's just all love. That's what I want. That's that's what it should be. Um, I remember reading a quote. I think it was E.E. E. Cummings. He said, it takes courage to grow up and become who you are. And I found that to be very true. I think I read that quote maybe in high school. And it's it's resonated with me and sat with me. And you know what? It takes a lot of work, a lot of courage, a lot of unlearning things or relearning things that you've you know, grown up with, but it takes courage to just develop yourself as a, a human being. And so I, I encourage people to just to do that and to lean into it and not, not be afraid to do that. Amen. Amen. My message would be to be kind to yourself. Yes. Today's life lesson is joy and the cycles of joy. The joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with our inner focus. Joy, like many emotions, comes in waves. Don't be discouraged if you lose sight of it, for it will find you again. And that is today's life lesson. This has been the Lamont and Leia Podcast. Created by Lamont Damon and Leia Nakahiki. Special thanks to our guests, Christine Wallington, Kayla Wilson, and Lindsay Valenzuela. This episode's topic was brought to light by Lamont Damon. And Leia Nakahiki. This episode was edited by Leia Nakahiki. Our music is from Ingenue. Let us know what you thought of our podcast today and or give us some topic suggestions by sending us a message on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Talking about YouTube, did you know you can watch our show? Links to all can be found in the show description. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in and listening. I don't think you said thank you enough. Thank you. No, thank you.